Greetings, quarantinis, and welcome to the latest edition of Soundproof. My name is Brendan Lewis. Go by Mr. B Dog 46 in some forums, and I'm joined, as always, by Jake Muller. One of us is locked down, and it's him, but welcome to episode <laughs> ep- uh, 18 of uh, our podcast here. And uh, you join us here in a very different world than yeah. last time uh, we came to you. No, I mean, like last time we were all kind of aware of. of corona and what it was doing in countries like china and italy but now even in the short two weeks since our last podcast it's kind of blown up even like here in america a lot of you know a lot of regions are kind of locked down i'm not actually locked down texas is not in that territory yet but uh, like restaurants have started to close and like i've i've been working from home for the last week and a half and so you know that kind of thing uh is happening here and a lot of other places as well all right, so it's it's kind of a crazy time. I, I've still been going to work and everything because I do work in in healthcare, uh, but it's crazy just to be driving around. There are like no cars, and I live in like in Boston. There's no traffic. Um, like I get to work in 15 minutes every day. It's very different. Like the everything's very different. But anyway, we're gonna do our part here um, to try and uh, sort of tailor our podcast at least for this week towards some of the things that are going on. So we do have um, for the second half of our podcast this week. Uh, Ryan Tan is on a guest, and we will be kind of highlighting some of the online uh, things that you can do in the VGC realm to try and make up for the fact that uh, our circuit was basically kind of canceled indefinitely. Yeah. Um, so there aren't really a lot of you know live, or there aren't any live tournaments that are going to be occurring at least until I think you said it was May fifteenth. Jake is the date or something like that. I believe so. Yeah. So we'll talk about some of the. Uh, tournaments, some of the content that's available, all things BGC that you can do from the comfort of your own home. Um, so that will be a little bit later. Um, but first, we just did, and 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 I, don't, I this is something that you know I feel very personally about um, uh, being a healthcare worker, and I do work in nursing homes, so it's something that you know is is hitting relatively uh, close to me. So I just kind of wanted to highlight, you know, um, some of the things that you should be thinking about and doing. Um, given the state of the world right now. And, and basically, uh, it's all kind of been publicized in the media at this point. But, like, definitely be taking seriously all of the recommendations that are being handed down from organizations like the CDC. So please don't, you know, feel like you're invincible and it's okay for you to continue to, you know, go and try and live your life as you had been previously. Um, it's, like, very important for everybody to be social distancing, to make sure that you're practicing good hand hygiene, you know, I know a lot of people feel like there are obligations or engagements that they have to do, but definitely, you know, do everything in your power to to really try and isolate yourself as much as possible. Wash your damn hands, you nasties. You nasties. <laughs> Don't forget to wash your other self part. <laughs> we're, we're no, only your hands. Don't shower. I was gonna just <laughs> just only wash your hands every day, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, and, and I know at, at this point, it's you've, you've heard it all before, but like I really encourage everybody, I'm not sure, uh, like if I can say anything, like I do work with an elderly population and, and it, it, it is definitely like a very real threat for a lot of these people as far as like, the, like their mortality is being brought into question. And I know everybody that's listening to the podcast, unless we have like a, a geriatric sect of listeners is, is not necessarily falling into that demographic, but really, you know, be respectful of the people that are, you know, immunocompromised or elderly and, and do your part to stay in your apartment. Yeah. On to the fun stuff, though. 
On to the fun stuff. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> um, so we are on episode 18 here, and we do have uh, our suite of Pokemon for the week that are ending in Dash 18. And starting off in Kanto this week, we do have the final Pokemon of the Pidgey line, which is Pidgeot, um, which is uh, probably my favorite of the trio. I don't really care strongly for Pidgey <laughs> and Pidgeotto, but Pidgeot is cool. Its Mega is neat, uh, but it didn't get Focus Blast, which would have made it an actually good Pokemon. Yeah, no, that would have been cool. I like Pidgeot. I think it's a cool design, especially the Mega. I think the Mega is aesthetically like mm-hmm. a super cool design. Um, Definitely. But it doesn't really have much competitive value unfortunately um, yeah even the way that they designed the model where it's like flying all the time and it like looks really fast yeah i think is really cool yeah definitely yeah. um the next one is goldeen <laughs> which is so so here's my like this is what i associate goldeen with is in i believe it's in melee um one of the things that you can pull from a, a pokeball item in, in super smash brothers melee yeah. is is goldeen and it just kind of like flops around there and I always was very angry about that because that's Magikarp's thing. Like, if Goldeen's <laughs> going to be in the Pokeball, like, it should actually be doing something because it's not, you know, billed as a useless Pokemon. But it was the useless Pokemon that you could roll from the Pokeballs in Melee, and that always made me angry. I'm pretty sure it's still in... I think it's been in every game since then. It should be Magikarp! I know. <laughs> I won't stand for this. Yeah. <clears throat> I know Misty had a Goldeen in the anime. And I, li- I kind of yeah, like its cry. Not, not its cry, but like the... The voice acting for it again, in the in the show was was that one of the one that had like a deep feminine voice? Yeah, it's like Goldeen, Goldeen. I remember it was always <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thanks for the impression. You're welcome. I'm really good at them. Uh, yeah, the, our one uh, Johto Pokemon of the week is Slugma this week, which is a Pokemon that I just really don't feel anything towards. Did you call Slugma a Johto Pokemon? Uh, is wait, it is it not? Oh, wait. I'm pretty sure it is. No, it is. It definitely is. is. It? Yeah. For a sec, I thought it was definitely a Hoenn no, 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 but you're right. No, it's definitely a Johto Pokemon, but it, it's funny because I was about to, to make the point that it's one of those Pokemon that you don't associate with Johto. Yeah. Kind of like, I, I almost always am forgetting that Meryl and Azumarill are Johto Pokemon because they're so difficult to find in, in at least the original Gold right. and Silver. I don't know if they, they changed it in Heart Gold, Soul, Silver. But Meryl, you oh. have to like be in like a certain room in the water in, in, in a specific cave. And I can't even think off the top of my head of where you even get Slugma and Silver <laughs> and Gold. Oh, you can only get it in Kanto. So like <laughs> it's a post-game mine. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I never... That makes sense. Because I had no idea Slugma was a Johto mon, But I should have known that by the number. Because like we haven't done the yeah. Johto Legends or like Tyranitar or anything yet. Huh. Right, right, right. Weird. But yeah, definitely, it definitely is. You had me second-guessing myself yeah. for a minute, but no, it definitely is. My my go-to example for that kind of mon is always Skarmory. Like, Skarmory technically existed in Gen 2, but it was so rare that yeah, you would never know. Find. Then it was like, yeah. I remember always catching one in, like, Ruby and Sapphire when I played that game, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meryl is another one of mm-hmm. those. Um, um, Skarmory is another good one, and there's another one that I was just thinking of that I can't now. Oh... Um, oh, Girafferig. Oh, one. yeah. And 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 this one I don't associate with like Ruby and Sapphire so much, but you could definitely play through Gold and Silver and not know that Dunsparce exists. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, you t- you the Dark Cave could. was like an entirely <laughs> you don't non-essential. Have to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, onto actual Hoenn <laughs> Pokemon uh, for the week is Carvana, which I I kind of like the design of Carvana a lot mm-hmm. because I feel like. 
at this point in like the state of the game they hadn't necessarily like explore explored the idea of like a true glass cannon pokemon like they didn't set out to make a glass cannon yeah and this is one of like the first uh examples of like a line that epitomizes the idea of a glass cannon yeah that's like the very definition of glass cannon is sharpie though and i think they right. both look really good aesthetically like they're cool designs yeah like, like um, they're clearly meant to resemble like piranhas and sharks and they do that very well I think, and maybe we'll talk about this next episode, but Sharpedo, I don't know if it had something to do with, like, the way that I was picturing the sprite at the time, but when I played Ruby and Sapphire, I always pictured it as a full shark. <laughs> like, I never I never thought that it was, like, cut off, Half like, shark. the tail was cut off or anything yeah. like that, and I didn't realize until, I think until there were, like, 3D models that it actually just, like, doesn't have a tail. <laughs> so I don't know, I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the, what the I Ruby think the, the back sprite, sprite looks like. The back sprite is just like up to the fin anyway, so you wouldn't yeah, see the like back. Yeah, it's like ambiguous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. My I don't favorite know why it doesn't yeah. even have a tail, but my favorite Carvana memory, I guess not that this is like nostalgic or anything. I have a fond memory yeah. of Carvana. No, there was an event in Pokemon Go when Carvana's shiny was released, and the very mm. first Carvana I clicked on during that event was shiny, which is that's cheating. If you know Pokemon Go at all, that's rare. <laughs> like Hacker. the boosted rates are usually like 1 in 100 if that. So Right. It was uh, it was a good good time. Right? <laughs> community is like one in twenty, uh, but that's that's right. different. Um, the next one as we go into Sinnoh is Buizel, which I I actually like. I I, I like Buizel a lot. I think what is the Floatzel is yeah. the other one. I think Floatzel is dumb looking, <laughs> but Buizel I think is really cool. It's like the idea behind it of it being like a sleek, fast water type mm-hmm. with like the the tails that makes it go really fast. Like I feel like they it, it's cool looking. I like it a lot. They should have given propeller tail to Buizel in the new games. Did they give a lot of old Pokemon new abilities though? Like it no, might, it might like just, not at all. It might, just art, <laughs> it might just already have three ability, but I'm sure it, it does. But <laughs> it literally has a propeller yeah. tail. <laughs> we can retcon like, it. <laughs> Arguably just as much, if not more so, than uh, Barascuda. Well, Barascuda literally has a propeller for a tail. But, like, Buizel uses its tail as a propeller, which is my argument. Okay, I, I guess that's valid. <laughs> it, well, you know what? Actually, it only has two abilities. It doesn't have three. Ooh. So I guess they theoretically could. It has Swift Swim and Water Veil. Hello, here we go. And that's Can when they, they, they gave, it, like, Torkoal Drought as usable? a second ability when it only had the one main one. So Right. Where white smoke was like its uh, like its signature right. ability. Oh, it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> um, the next uh, Pokemon is Musharna, which I don't really feel anything towards. I really like <laughs> it. I think it's cool. It's a neat design. It was like my one of my first experiences with competitive Pokemon was this like gym league that I played in on Reddit, and I was using Musharna during that. So it's kind of a nostalgia mon for me, but. I kind of like it, you know. Like, we all know I like purple things. Musharna has like mm, some do, yeah. some purple hues on it. Um, I like uh, like Trick Room with telepathy, so you can like have earthquake mons or explosion mons next to it. That's something I enjoyed using when I was a very very new competitive player too. Yeah, Musharna was one of the original Boom Rune mons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the next Pokemon is Stunfisk, and <laughs> it's funny. I I was just looking down this list. And I associate the word Stunfisk more with the subreddit than I do with the Pokemon <laughs> yeah. at this point. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's weird. This is like one of these things on this list of Pokemon is not like the others. One is a subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> and not a Pokemon. <laughs> um, right. But no, Stunfisk, I, I think it's a cool Pokemon. I like the Galarian Stunfisk design a lot. Uh-huh. I think it's really cool. It's, yeah, it's like a little bear trap. That's really neat. Yep. 
it was a pain in the neck to like be stepping on those things constantly. Right. We were going through Galar Mines number one or two or whichever <laughs> one it was, but it's it's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked that it was a ground electric type and had limber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't paralyze like it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, funny. There's zero way you can't you can't paralyze it. <laughs> um, number seven eighteen. As we can t- uh, finish our tour through the legendaries of the. Uh, Oh my god, the name escaped me. What region <laughs> is it, Jake? I'll let you think about it. No, 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 just bail me <laughs> out. It's not Alola, it's the one before that. It the, is... The French one. Kalos. I can't... It's what? Kalos. Oh god, Kalos, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Zygarde. Zygarde. I think Zygarde's cool. Um, I really, like, Thousand Arrows is such a like, crazy move, and I really like that concept. Um, even Thousand Waves is neat. I yeah, feel like people like it's like the little brother of Thousand Arrows. Right, Thousand Waves is really cool. Also, and I think it, it looks like a cool one too. Like, like the normal fifty percent version, I guess it is. I think it just has I a cool like sleek the look 10% to it. Ten percent version. I don't see that's my yeah. least favorite. I don't like the dog. I think the the Megazord one is really dumb looking. I've never I do really too. Liked it that much. <laughs> yeah, I like the middle one the best. It the looks just it looks of... far more like a Digimon than it does. Yeah, like a definitely, or like a Transformer. Um, my my favorite Zygarde story is that hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jake knows exactly what I'm talking uh-huh. about. I think it was was it 2017. I think so. Yeah. Um, where the numbers and the rules document weren't added correctly, so Zygarde 10 percent. I believe it was only 10 percent, right? No, they all have the same dex number. Oh, okay. Well, Zygarde. Uh, this, oh, it was before complete was released. That's why. yeah. So nobody was thinking about that. But for about an hour, Zygarde was VGC legal. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> in a restricted dex format. Yeah. And everybody was losing their minds. <laughs> that was really funny. Like, we all knew I mean, it was a mistake, was like, but... That was the fastest. Well, I mean, I think everybody that was rationally thinking about it knew it was a mistake. But there were also the people on Twitter that were like, but what if it's not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was the fastest I've seen a rule stock update. It was literally like an hour and they re-released yeah. it. Um, and then the final Pokemon is the uh, only Gen 8 Pokemon of the week, uh, Inteleon. Yeah. <laughs> which... which is getting a gun this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much to say about it. I think we've kind of it's getting we've gun, uh, beat Jake. this dead horse enough. <laughs> the, the starters in this new game were, yeah, you know, they're fine. <laughs> but Inteleon pays NRA dues. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't, Inteleon is my least favorite of the three, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's close. I don't really love in, uh, Cinderace either. Um, but yeah, it's cool competitively. I think it's, I, I, it was something I immediately wrote off as a competitive Pokemon, honestly. Um, kind of like the same way that I wrote Kartana off immediately as right. a competitive Pokemon and that was history, but it's, uh, it's a little bit more niche than Kartana ended up being, yeah, obviously, Kart- but it does a lot of damage. Definitely. It's crazy. Like the helping hand specs, um. Snipe shot to knock out Max Durant. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interesting adaptation to Durant meta. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's it for uh, the Dash 18 Pokemon. Um. I actually like this. I thought we had some interesting. Like there have been some weeks where we were just like, okay, I know. <laughs> is like a Pokemon, but there actually like, there were a lot that we actually got to talk about this week, which was fun. Um. All right, so we're gonna touch on the ladder this week, and I really do. I don't know if I'm really kind of like giving away <laughs> our like trade secret all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, but there was uh, um, a website that was released recently called Babiri.net, which basically automatically crawls and pulls all of the top ladder teams. So I highly recommend that as a resource. Um, 
So we're still going to be, instead of going through and like pulling replays ourselves, we are going to be using Babiri probably from here on out. Mm -hmm. So we will highlight all the teams that are at the top of the ladder and continue to kind of like provide our, you know, observations uh, of the team and, and our thoughts on it. Um, so that said, we will jump into it. The first team on the ladder this week, and I believe Babiri was able to pull all 10 teams from all top 10, which is interesting. I know that, uh, I don't know if they're using... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know launched. if the numbers are um, like yeah, their actual know, ranking. When or... it, right. When it launched, it definitely was like, oh, team not found. So it wasn't pulling okay. from uh, teams that had replays hidden. So I'm not sure if they hid all of the team not found or if they actually just pulled all 100 teams this week. Um, but anyway, the first team on the ladder is a team of Dusklocks. Dusklocks. <laughs> Jeez. Mimikyu, Tyranitar, <clears throat> Arcanine, uh, Milotic, and Ferrothorn. That's pretty cool. Like we were talking right before we started recording, and noticed mm -hmm. that Dusclops is popping up on a lot of like good stuffs kind of teams now. And this is a pretty good mm -hmm. example, I think. Um, I think, uh, and and I'll uh, draw more attention to some of the things that Papiri does. But um, I'm looking at the the usage the usage stats um, that were pulled, and four of the top, uh, sorry, three of the top four Pokemon in usage are Ghost types. Oh yeah, um, and this is a team that really emphasizes that. Obviously, the the team that uh, Poke Alex and and Rio Pacer were using at Malmo was a team that featured three ghosts. One of them was Aegislash, so that's a little bit different. Um, but people are definitely kind of recognizing the power of ghost types, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that like their only true check is Tyranitar. Yeah. Um. So if you can kind of like deal with Tyranitar, and even Mimikyu isn't necessarily checked by it. Neither is Aegislash. Um, it's with it's close combat, very yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. And it's fast age of slash, I think, on that team too. Fast sash yeah. with no king shield, which is awesome. Right. I think that's really cool. Um, but it's just like it's very hard. It becomes very hard to prevent ghost types from at least like getting two or three turns to operate just because of how good the typing yeah, is in this meta. Definitely. Um speaking of teams with multiple ghost types, the <laughs> second team on the ladder is very similar to the first one, featuring uh, Dragapult, Tyranitar, Arcanine, Mimikyu, and then uh the final two Pokemon are uh Rotom Mo and Gastrodon. It's like the same kind of roles in each slot too. Like they both have Mimikyu, Arcanine, Tyranitar, another ghost type, a water type, and a grass type. Uh and like mm -hmm. what you do with those roles. Like this one looks much more offensive than the previous one, because like the like everything well i guess not the water really but like rotom is much more offensive than ferrothorn um dragapult mm -hmm. clearly much more than dusclops there's a ton of pressure yeah yeah and then like astron but and milotic are kind of comparable but they're like interchangeable on some teams a I little bit yeah like both variant or the 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 uh goth durant team that was going around has used both of those pokemon uh -huh. in the past that kind of flip certain ma or change different matchups um but yeah very similar um, and obviously Mimikyu usage is spiking, especially after uh, the run that uh, Wolf made in Dallas. Yeah. Or not Dallas. Collinsville. Uh, Collinsville, yep. Uh, the next team is pretty typical hard trick room, although there are, it, it is a little bit different, and I think, I'm going to be honest, I like this this kind of variant a lot better than just throwing Torkoal on there and like being 100% reliant on, on the trick mm -hmm. room going up, uh, but it is Dusclops, Butterfree, uh, Rhyperior, Gastrodon, Arcanine, and Indeed. Yeah, I... I somewhat agree with you i'd really like torkoal mm -hmm. on hard trick room like i think it's stupid good um mm -hmm. but I, like this is definitely a team that has like defensive options too so i respect arcanine here um mm -hmm. i imagine that's like bulldoze dust clubs to pop the rhyperior because i'm sure yeah like, that's a really good combo um like otherwise it's just hard trick room like there's not a whole lot to say about it 
Mm-hmm. Um, the next team, number four on the ladder, is a team uh, that features Corviknight, uh, Charizard, Clefairy, Excadrill, Rotom Wash, and uh, Mimikyu. And one thing that I did kind of want to ask your opinion on is the state of Gigantamax Corviknight, given like Lapras meta. I think it definitely got much more viable, I think is the word I'll use, given the popularity of Lapras. Um, I don't particularly think I would call it, like, good. <laughs> I don't know if I'd, like, recommend using it. Um, especially because I don't really think you want to be Dynamaxing Corviknight most of the time, like, especially on a team like this. Right. Like, Rotom, Excadrill, and Charizard all really appreciate Dynamaxing, and even Mimikyu to a certain extent. So, like, Corviknight's mm-hmm. probably what you want to be maxing the least. But I, like... If you are running Corviknight, I probably would run G-Max just in case you want to have, like, that... Because, like, if you are able to get, like, a Wind Rage off once a Lapras is set up Veil and then finish its Dynamax, then you're in a much better spot than before. But even then, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's worth it just because maxing Corviknight means you lose a lot of your other offensive options. Did you know that Wind Rage also removes terrain? No, I didn't. That's cool. Yeah, I don't... I found that out. Um, somebody actually used GMAX Corbinite. Uh, it was somebody on my team um, that used GMAX Corbinite in in an MPA match the other day, and it removed terrain too. And that's when I found out. I did not know that it did it. I'm not sure if it only does it on Showdown or if that's like it working as intended. I imagine that's but, as uh, intended. They're, yeah, I found that yeah, out. That's cool. Um, yeah, one more thing to really highlight about this team is we are inching and perhaps not just inching uh, into Clefairy meta. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's happening. Clefairy's been popping up a lot. It showed up a lot yeah, in the recent it, like Zelda challenge. Yeah, it did really well yeah. there, yeah. So I don't know, I, I, like, I think Clefairy's cool, especially now that it has, well, only now that it has Friend Guard is it really usable again, but oh yeah, like, if, if Friend Guard is a difference between opposing Dynamaxmons, taking KOs and not, I think it's certainly worth using, and I imagine that's why people have been using it. Definitely. I wonder. Uh, I think it also gets Brick Break, which is oh, really interesting neat. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can do stuff like that. Uh, the number five team on the ladder is the rogiest team on, the, <laughs> on our uh, countdown this week, which is a team of uh, Indeedee. I promise it gets weirder. Lucario, uh, Blastoise. I, I had to double check uh, what the name of this Pokemon <laughs> was, but because it doesn't immediately like come to mind. But Barbarical. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it Probably. right, because I'm, I'm not sure I've ever said it yeah. out loud. <laughs> um, and then Incineroar and Togekiss. So uh, there are two water-type shell smashers that seems to be kind of like the idea behind this. <laughs> yeah, this is neat. I like Neat's a word for it. <laughs> it's ne- it would be neat to watch. Like I don't think I would ever use it, and I would hate to play against it, because it's one of those teams yeah. that you just you have no idea what's going on. Um, but right. it's it's cool. Like I, I see what they're going for. Um I'm sure that Ndidi is meant to help, either Ndidi or Togekiss actually, is meant to help like set up stuff. And I don't know, it's 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 a team, all right. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Um, and and just as I continue to like pitch Babiri, uh, they do have a button on next to each team that says latest replay. So Jake and I, being naturally curious <laughs> about the function of this team, clicked the latest replay button and just watched it get, you know, kind of a nut right. on the ladder. So, so take our words with a grain of salt, but it is definitely a really cool yeah. team. Um, at six on the ladder this week uh, is a really good team that kind of illustrates a couple of different meta trends that are happening right now. The team featuring uh, Draco Zolt, um, we just talked Corviknight, <laughs> uh, Primarina, 
Excadrill, Incineroar, and Clefairy. So a couple of Pokemon, uh, specifically Dracozolt, Primarina, and Clefairy, that are all kind of like spiking in usage right now. I think Dracozolt's a pretty cool response to Lapras. It's probably one mm. of the few Pokemon that can... I'm... I actually haven't... I don't know this for a fact, but I'm mm. guessing it can probably just still Oko G-Max Lapras uh, with something like a Life Orb can, Choice yeah. Band Bolt Beak. Um, just because yep. it's so strong, and then that's that's like a really nice thing to have if you're a team that doesn't really want to be facing something in Aurora Veil. Um, Primarina, I think, is pretty neat too. Like Water Fairy is actually really strong coverage, um, and I like Primarina's pretty strong, uh, like special attack wise, and like Liquid Voice, Hyper Voice is really cool if you want to go that route as well. All right, and the right this the spread uh, Liquid Voice, Hyper Voice is one of the things that lets you take on stuff like Togekiss, Exit mm-hmm. Drill. Um, you know, like Arcanine, Excadrill, Arcanine, Togekiss, like those sorts of cores that were very popular in uh, Series 2. And then if you get it in a Trick Room, this team, you know, doesn't have a Trick Room option, but it gives you positive matchups against all sorts of things, yeah. like Tyranitar and Dragapult and, like, all these things that the combination of Water Fairy kind of, like, uniquely affords right. you. So I think that's a, I think it's a really cool Pokemon. Uh, my favorite use of it is it's starting to show up on um, uh, Colossal teams. Oh, okay. Um, because you kind of get the option to use like a colossal trick room mode if you have a setter, mm-hmm. or you can just like aqua jet with Primarina. <laughs> it does get aqua jet. Yeah. So, I think that's cool. The next team on the ladder, number seven, uh, is a team featuring. This is very standard: Tyranitar, yeah. uh, Dragapult, Togekiss. This looks like season or uh, series two standard. Right. Uh, Togekiss, Excadrill, uh, Durant, and Melodic. Yeah, it looks you know pretty straightforward. Not really a whole lot of tricks going on there, I imagine. Durant is still really strong, I think, uh, despite the kind of meta progression. It's like, again, one of those things that can do a lot of damage to Lapras, um, this time in its own uh, Dynamax form, but I mean, that's that's not really an issue. You want to be Dynamaxing Durant anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like a, a solid team. This is something you could probably pick up pretty easily and like go X2 at original with or something with some practice. So like, yeah, definitely, definitely. A, str- a strong team. Uh, the next team on the ladder, number eight, is uh, some common Pokemon, but definitely a unique six as far as I'm concerned. That features uh, Snorlax, Whimsicott, Arcanine, Dracovish, Ndidi, and Mimikyu. I, I, there's a lot going on on that team. Yeah, I mean, you have some like obvious combos, like maybe Lax is a um, 2017 throwback. You have like Week One 2020 with Whimsicott, uh, Dracovish. And then Arcanine is still Arcanine. One thing that I'm actually noticing now is there have been way more Arcanine on here than Incineroar. And like this far mm-hmm. into Series 3, that's probably not holdover from Series 2 anymore, I would imagine. No, I agree. Um, which I think that people... It, it, like it's, it's, its niche was always known as far as it was compared to Incineroar, and I think people are realizing just how good that niche yeah, is. Yeah, I, like, I think that niche is still super valuable. Um, and obviously Incineroar is good, but... I would have expected Arcanine to be lower than Incineroar on usage, but it's not appearing to be yet. Yeah, it's interesting. And I guess ladder stats are always a little bit different than, you know, some of the stats mm-hmm. that we can pull from IRL tournaments and stuff like that. So, uh, But definitely something to keep in mind. Um, the next team on the ladder is another pre-marina team with a, like a, looks like an apparent trick room mode for it. Um, there are three ghosts, Dusclops, Mimikyu, Dragapult, Ferrothorn, Arcanine, and pre-marina. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. That's like, cool. <laughs> I, I kind of like yeah. That, this seems similar to some of those teams we were talking about earlier on, but the Primarina is just taking up the Water type slot instead of like Gastrodon or Milo. 
Um, mm. I think it's cool. I think again, I think Premier has a Premarina has a pretty goal spot in this minigame, game, so I'm not kind of surprised to see it popping up here and there. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. I think it's good. I didn't realize that it was like this generally perceived to be right. like I'm. I'm I'm not surprised that it's like seeing some play, but I am surprised to see it all over the 1900s yeah. in, in Showdown. Um, and the final team that we'll touch on this week at number 10 is a team of Tyranitar, Togekiss, uh, Milotic, Dusclops, Arcanine, and um, Conkeldur. This is a, another example of like a good stuffy team with a Dusclops thrown on, but I actually mm -hmm. like this one more because you have the Conkeldur that takes pretty good advantage of the tricker mode. Uh, from dust clouds. So does uh, Tyranitar in some yeah, situations true. too. Yeah. So I, I like yeah. this one a lot. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I, Glider's really interesting this week. I'm, I, I thought this was cool. Yeah. Series 3 is interesting, mm -hmm. especially if Primarina is going to be used. We, we, we take yeah. those. One thing I noticed when we were looking through these is on here that there's like global rank category. I'm guessing that Ooh. was the rank on the ladder. So instead of, like this probably isn't the top 10 teams as far oh, as like 1 through saying. 10 on the ladder, okay. but it's the 10 highest gotcha. teams that they could find. So we pulled from a total of 17. Yeah, that's, that's what not, I'm guessing. That's not bad. So like seven hit yeah. teams. Okay, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. All right, so that's the ladder for this week. Unfortunately, we only have one live tournament to talk about, and then for the foreseeable future, there will be zero <laughs> live tournaments to talk about uh, as they were all kind of uh, indefinitely canceled. So the one uh, major live event to take place recently was uh, the Malmo Regional, which... Uh, was won just by the hardest of yeah. trick rooms, the <laughs> same like six that we've been seeing since the beginning of this format. Mm -hmm. And uh, Toby was able to pilot it to uh, a win at a very big regional. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really not surprised to see our trick room do well. Like we saw back in 2017, the last kind of um, regional decks format we had that Gavin won two regionals in a row with the hard trick room uh, that he attended. So it was always going to have this breakthrough. And I like, I'm a big fan of the four, of the archetype. Um, like I said, I think Torkoal is really good. Rhyperior has been one of the mainstays throughout this entire format, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Pokemon like Hatterene really loves Series 3 now because now it can use its GMAX form, uh, which we talked about on our last podcast. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan of these Pokemon in combination. Like specifically, Ndidi, Hatterene, Torkoal, I think is super strong. Um, and then those are three really good partners to kind of finish off that team. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Um... Somebody was saying that, uh, well, you know, I think Toby played really well on stream, but I think somebody was also saying that, you know, um, he did have some situations, to, and not to, you know, take away anything from the regional, but there are some situations that are afforded um, to you by the use of GMAX Hatterene. That, yeah. You know, <laughs> if we look through, they, they, the, the usage stats for the rest of the tournament, like, aren't available to a lot of the other teams because there isn't really a lot of Hatterene outside of this mm -hmm. team. Um, but those are the, you know, the kind of things that you take into account when you're uh, team building and making your selection and I think it was a really cool meta call yeah. you know when everybody else is playing a, a new format to go back to something that you know has flowcharts mm -hmm. is a little bit you know more known uh, as an entity so I, I thought that was really yeah, cool yeah I agree uh, the second place team that was piloted by Radium is, is really interesting it's very good stuffy with the exception of the sixth Pokemon on the team being uh, Serena yeah. Um, but is otherwise featuring Togekiss, uh, the Sand Core, and then Arcanine Rotom. So super standard, and then Serena, which I believe somebody said was Sweet Veil. Oh, that makes sense. That's actually kind of yeah. cool. That's a neat tech that really no one would see coming, because we all know mm -hmm. Serena for Queenly Majesty, and I bet a lot of people right. probably couldn't even name its other abilities. <laughs> so yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like that a lot. There's a lot of sleep going around, what with 
uh, Milotic. And actually, Serena's actually a really good stop to Milotic anyway, um, being a yeah. grass type. So I like that a lot. Like, uh, the combination of like Milotic, not Milotic, uh, Serena and Rotom on that team uh, can shut down Milotic pretty hard. Um, right, and then as well as like uh, the Rose Raid that was going yeah. on, Venusaur was made legal for this tournament, so that you definitely understand the use of Sweet mm-hmm. Veil, which is cool. And we've talked about it a million times on this podcast about how there are, you know, the, like the grass types are few and far between uh-huh. <laughs> in this format. Like, why not? Serena? Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, the next team uh, in third place that was piloted by uh, Alex Gomez is the Triple Ghost team that we were alluding to. And this is like a really interesting and is definitely going to end up, you know, even right now, I was going to say in hindsight, but definitely right now, a uh, meta-defining mm-hmm. team that features Dragapult, Mimikyu, and... Uh, um, Aegislash is the three ghost types and then also has a Snorlax, which I believe is Choice Band. That's what I heard, yeah. Um, and then uh, Togekiss and Rotom Yeah, I like this team a lot. I've seen it in... I've seen it being used afterwards, or like after this regional. There's a lot of variations you can make to this team too, which I think is kind yeah. of a, in a mark of a good team is where you can like switch up the sets and have, still have it function really well. Um, this is really neat. I like the and triple I- ghost idea. Ghost types have always been pretty good uh there aren't many like dart types going around other than incineroar which i think this team handles mm. pretty well um and they all have such good second types that yeah it's like, really easy to spread out you know oh wait you have a you, you have a fantasy core that are all also yep. ghosts i just realized that <laughs> that's mm-hmm. cool yeah it's it's crazy um and the, i know that they were using some really interesting sets too this is like a, a slower bulky dragon uh dragapult with dragon dance and weakness policy yeah. i believe was on the the original mm-hmm. version of the team and then i talked about it a little bit earlier but the aegislash is like I, I believe it's close to max speed if not like actually max mm-hmm. speed and it's focus sash and it's not running king shield it's just four attacks is it four attacks or does it have swords so, dance or does it have swords dance uh, i don't I know there, there are probably some teams that have <laughs> i think it's four attacks i think it's iron head close combat and then shadow claw and gotcha. shadow sneak i'm pretty sure it's That's four cool. attacks yeah so really interesting team and while like you know th- this might not be like an enduring six some of the ideas that the team yeah, uses are definitely. definitely like factoring into the meta right now um, at fourth place, there's a Torcat yeah. <laughs> uh, that was piloted by Maddie Morgan um, on a team that is otherwise just kind of like the standard Lucamere goth control yeah. stuff. He just smacked Torcat into uh, the uh, fire type slot. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple other fire types with Intimidate that we're used to seeing, but this time he kind mm-hmm. of... Torcat is kind of like smashing Arcanine and Incineroar together. Because Torcat's, it like, is, yeah. it's faster, I think that's fair and, to say. Uh, which is like the Arcanine section of that <laughs> smashed together. I don't know what I just said. Right. Um, but it also has, like, fake-out parting shot, which is, like, what Incineroar brings to the table. And I don't know what else you'd run on it. I think Taunt is a move people might use. Yep, it gets Taunt. It gets Willowisp. Yeah. Um, it notably does not get Snarl. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Because I, I would I, I would think that if it did get Snarl, it might be, like, the objectively correct, yeah. <laughs> like, fire-type Pokemon to use. I think there's definitely an argument to be made mm-hmm. for it. Um as being potentially the best of the three, but um, it does have, you know, the niche, and I think you're totally right that it's, like, smashing those two Pokemon together. Um, I am a little biased because he's on my NPA team, but this is actually my favorite uh, team from this tournament (laughs) uh, that was piloted by Febzy um, to a top eight finish that is featuring uh, Togekiss, Lapras, Incineroar, Alcremi, Dusclops, and Rhyperior. This is really neat. The... The Alcremie is pretty cool in this team. I think he used it a lot, specifically next to Lapras. So you can mm-hmm. you can essentially have weakness policy and um, 
uh, light clay at the same time. And I'm pretty sure the, right, the Lapras yeah. in this team had the light clay item. Uh, so you could, it did, you could yeah. run like an 8 turn Aurora Veil, but also still get that special attack boost. Um, so I like it a lot. I think Alchemy also has Sweet Veil, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is uh, pretty good. Like We just talked about that with Strain earlier. Um, but I think, does Alchemy get Helping Hand as well? I'm not uh, sure. I think it does. I'm trying to remember what he ran, because he had Declary, Dazzling Gleam, and Protect. Yeah. I can't remember what the fourth item. I, like, I, th I would think that yeah. it does. Regardless, um, it's still, like, Decorate is the, the is, main crux of that set, yeah, for sure, and it's really it's neat. It's very good, yeah. And it also has Sweet Veil, which is another, um, uh, like, sleep I check. said that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, the, the reason that I was hesitant to definitely confirm Helping Hand is because I know it doesn't get heal pulls. Oh, uh, okay. I was really surprised to yeah. hear that, yeah. So, I not, like, everything I knew was kind of, like, turned upside <laughs> down when I was like, it doesn't get heal pulls. Um... Uh, at sixth place was Eric Rios running the same team as Poke Alex. You know, they tend to share, uh, like, they team mm -hmm. get together and, and stuff like that. So you almost always see them running the same team in the tournament. Um, the seventh place team was uh, an interesting team, another take on Lapras that featured uh, Roserade alongside Togekiss, Incineroar, Dusclops, and uh, it's the, Conkeldur. It's the same so team other than that similar. one slot. <laughs> Right, just the one yeah. Pokemon that are, you know, directly, that actually interact very interestingly with super effective sludge bombs and preventing yeah. sleep. And um, I think they played at some point, too, or those two, I forget who, because Fevzi, um, he played against Pato, who was piloting this team in NPA, and he said he, like, knew all the matchups and everything after having played it. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. Um, the the matchup favors the Alchemy for what it's worth. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Um, and then at eighth place uh, is Jamie Boyd, who's piloting a team that is similar to another Fevzi team that was, I believe, piloted by um, uh, by Oa and somebody else was. Oh, um, uh, the the Australian player, the first year master. Alfredo. His name. Oh. Alfredo. Yes, we're piloting a team similar to this, uh, but I believe Charizard is an addition by Jamie. Uh, but it is Charizard. Uh, Inteleon. <laughs> Just talked about it. Inteleon, Rotom, uh, Mo, Grimstar, Gengar, and Conkelly. This is neat. I, I imagine that's probably pledges. Uh, if I know Jamie, that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> um, but it's I get definitely like fake tears, Grimstarl, uh, which is cool on this kind of team. Um, some neat stuff going on here. I think the Conkelder works well as like a Tyranitar check because otherwise this team just kind of gets run over by it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Either that, or you need to lean on like really, like really know your fake tears. Oh, you can't right, fake yeah. tears it. Oh god, I'm the I'm the dumbest person <laughs> ever. Raised this right. Anyway, anyway, some of the highlights uh, that we'll touch on that are you know sitting in top sixteen. Um, there is um, um, Adu's team sitting at eleventh place that features you know the Tyranitar, the Gorgeist, and the Durant. So that sort of thing did seem to carry over well. A lot of the Durant construction seemed to carry mm -hmm. over well into Series 3. Um, I know Yuri was running almost this exact same 6 in Series 2 with the Togekiss, Durant, uh, Milotic, Gyarados, Raichu, and Hydreigon, so that's something that seems to be carrying over mm -hmm. as well. So it's it's interesting that very little changes have been made to Durant comps, and they've just been kind of getting smacked into Series the 3. The main changes from Series 2 to 3 don't really affect matchups for the Durant comps, I think. Cause like I think it's just the prevalence of Incineroar, but, but like they you still have to deal with you deal with Arcanine and Incineroar in very similar ways, uh, especially on these Durant mm -hmm. teams. So I think it makes sense. 
I do want to shout out the person who got 10th place because he has my last name. So congrats, Max Muller, on your great finish at Malmo. Yours, I love it. Yours doesn't have the umlaut. It used to. Fun fact. Well, where'd it go? When my, whoever, I think my great-great-grandfather moved here from Germany, they took it off. Mm-hmm. Some uh, Muller family history there for you. Yeah. Very fascinating. <laughs> um... Uh, so just to round out some of the stuff that's in the top 16, the only two uh, Venusaur mm-hmm. that were in top 16 were sitting at 15th and 16th. That was a Pokemon that I still think is really, really, really yeah. good. Um, and I'm kind of surprised that it didn't place higher. But with all the Sweet Veil and whatnot that was up at the top, obviously um, G-Max Hatterene takes it on very well and all sorts of things like that, I guess, uh, were kind of contributing it to being a little mm-hmm. lower in top cut. And then there's just a lot of like Dusclops and Trick Room options and things like that. Dusclops is is apparently very <laughs> good, which is is still kind of like tough for me to I wrap know. my head around because for years and years and years it's just been like niche TR yeah. setter. Like like it's there and it gets TR up for you and then what? Um, but this is the format where the and then what is actually enough to like propel it. Right. Into usage. <laughs> All right. So I think that's it. I'm sorry. That's my chair squeaking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, th- we're going to wrap up our first segment here and uh, we're going to take a short break and then after that we will be joined by Ryan Tan. Uh, we've got some topics lined up to talk about uh, you know, NPA and some of the things that go into running it and then of course we're going to run down and highlight some of the uh, things to do uh, in the VGC realm that are available to you given access to only a computer <laughs> and a switch um so you don't have to leave your home to partake in all these things that we'll be bringing to you in just a couple minutes uh so stay right there we'll be right back uh just just sit tight you don't have anywhere to go anywhere you're stuck in your apartment back loyal listeners and thanks for sticking with us over our interlude we're now back for the second portion of soundproof this week and we are now and i'm excited to announce joined by ryan tan who is with us here ryan thanks for joining us hi it's great to be here so uh the goal for the the show that that jake and i kind of had over the course of the week is because uh, the world is becoming a, a different place than it was just a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, many of us are stuck inside our houses, uh, not by choice this time, though. Um, and most notably that our our VGC in-person, I guess IRL is, is the way I would describe it, uh, our IRL circuit is now shut down um, indefinitely, I, I guess. is uh, We wanted to highlight some of the online tournaments, online resources, uh, content that's being created, and things like that just to, you know, uh, give our listeners a way to get their VGC fix. Yeah, no, there's a lot of you know, stuff going on in the world that we can't really control at this point. But VGC... Well, you can't. What? Say what? What? I said you can't. Well, I control the weather, so I can't do everything right now. Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, we all want our VGC fix still, and there are certainly plenty of ways to, to go about getting that. And one way uh, that a lot of people like to partake in is NPA, uh, the National Pokemon Association which Ryan Tan has a lot of experience with. <laughs> so you want to yeah. quickly tell us about like your past experience in NPA, Ryan, and then what you're doing now. Sure. So I guess for those of you who don't know what NPA is, it's a uh, grassroots league that uh, basically splits players up into 12 different teams. 
basically the draft style league. So we have about 24 managers who draft players into their respective teams and then go head to head in a 8v8 matchup against all the other players. And it's about 11 week season that without including playoffs. Uh, what I do, I am the commissioner of the league, so I kind of run the tournament, help organize it, make sure everything goes smoothly. Uh, and it's been something I've been doing for the past two years. Um, before that, I was a manager of one of the teams uh, for about six years. So I've been in part of MPA for uh, eight years, which is a long time yeah. now that I say it out loud. Um, and it's been around since like 2012, so hopefully we can keep it going. But it's a great kind of community tournament mm-hmm. that's been around for a long time. It's a highlight so of the around? year, I think, for a lot of people. I, it's always definitely. a super fun mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Were you around from the very beginning, Ryan? Uh, no. So I, uh, MPA or started eight years in... Is MPA 2, right? If I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah, yeah. MPA 2 would be eight years ago. So MPA 1, which was in 2012... Uh, was started by Dewey Aha, uh-huh, and basically what would be come to known as like the Nugget Bridge Crew, um, uh, and it was basically a small tournament held on Smogon, uh, which was way different than it was today. So like it was a uh, legacies format. So there it happened at the end of the year where each each player plays a different format, VGC format and slowly kind of evolved into something that happens within the season, uh, the actual VGC season instead of the end of it. Uh, so it gives like players a unique opportunity to, because uh, you get to practice during the season and uh, it helps kind of shape the metagame, which is pretty interesting and gives a lot of new players opportunities to kind of either kind of look at other teams or get ex- inspiration and, you know, learn a little bit more about the game. So I think it's a really cool experience in MPA. Uh, I also really love it because it highlights team dynamics. Um, It's unlike any other tournament, which usually highlights individual accomplishment and achievement. And it also helps kind of, I guess, form new uh, friendships across the community. I mean, we have a lot of different segmented team building groups or things like that, little clicks per se. But I believe that MPA kind of like really breaks that down and like trying to form these like friendships and partnerships between all these people across all the community. Yeah, that's really cool. That's probably my favorite part of yeah. MPA. Um, yeah, definitely. Monarchs has been like this is the fourth year Monarchs has existed, and all three years in the past, it's been a like obviously we we care about the season when it's happening. We've had some good success until this current mm-hmm. year, which we don't need to talk about. <laughs> uh, I think we should talk. About no, 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 no. <laughs> I think I think we what what happened to the queens again? Oh, they're still raining. They're just you know on their way out. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but like the, more importantly, like throughout the entire year following NPA, it's still been a very active like social chat, and so that's that's definitely my favorite thing to come out of NPA in general. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I um, this year kind of left the monarchs to start my <laughs> own team and just kind of Disgusting. for an idea of like what kind of friend groups are formed I still even like find myself popping into old monarchs chats now and again so um, I think that the social aspect is really cool um, um, so Ryan how did you uh, initially you know become involved in it I think you had said that you started out as a manager in was that right in NPA too so you never even were playing in it and you just yeah I, okay yeah so I, I actually never played in NPA um, so I think I was it's 2013 MPA 2. I was kind of 
getting my name out in the community and uh, they just restarted MPA back up and they wanted to have manager signups and I remember distinctly that um, I, I knew that like I didn't really want to be playing as much I kind of wanted to be helping other people because I feel that's like kind of what I do best I like to support our players and help them grow so I decided to sign up for it not really expecting much I didn't think I was actually going to get a position as a manager but I think I was basically the last person selected out of all 12 teams I was the number 12 manager so they they added me in and uh well <laughs> I guess I haven't looked back ever since so I've been enjoying my role and two years ago I decided to step away from it um and I kind of wanted to see different things happen to MPA so that's why I took more of a leadership role as commissioner um so we've been seeing a lot of changes and improvements and hopefully all for the better <laughs> so yeah definitely so what was what was a, like the, the the biggest part of your motivation that made you step from manager into uh the the commissioner role sure um well basically uh in mpa there were a lot of tricky situations where there was not exactly a outline guideline of rule set that is there for when you know contested like things happen like events and managers of the past well they've done a like great job in trying to like mitigate that they haven't really tried to tackle those issues head-on so as a commissioner i tried to bring more order and structure to the mpa by adding more detailed rules and procedures that you know uh help the game and help the tournament run smoothly and a little bit better organized um of course like that comes with you know some pushback here and there but other than that i i feel that it's been a lot better and a lot more organized in the way we run things and we play kind of very more like by the book and like an actual official tournament of bgc you know mm -hmm. um also i kind of wanted to um have a saying kind of like where the direction this league is headed to in terms of trying to keep the league as wholesome and inclusive as possible as well as making sure that um different like uh, identities and different uh, populations in our community is represented. So uh, I've been trying to make that a focus of our MPAs. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so like along with all the like planning and such and the like rules implementation that you just kind of mentioned, like what other, like what other, what else do you have to do kind of day to day to keep MPA running once it's started? Sure. Um, so, I mean, people call me the dictator of MPA. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, in all seriousness, as a commissioner, uh, let's see, what do I do? I set all the logistics. So, uh, we set up, you know, where it's going to be held. So, in this case, this year's in on a Discord server. Mm -hmm. So, we kind of run that thing, make sure everything is kind of organized and everything is good. Uh, we run a Google spreadsheet that keeps track of, you know, tournament record, uh, matchups, things like that, that nature. Um, setting the draft is actually a big part of what we do pre um, of the process because it is an auction draft and it it's pretty hard to set up unless you kind of have a good idea what you're doing and not a lot of us do. <laughs> and I have I don't really either, but you know I give it a shot. Uh, we run the draft on a. a showdown server with a draft bot that we see in many other leagues like the uh like this 
Uh, what else? Um, yeah, over <laughs> or or Seco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess mainly my main job is just to be there for the players and managers on a day-to-day basis to like, like straighten out all the conflicts, make sure that everybody's voices are heard, um, kind of make my decisions based on rulings of like if there's like a disagreement between two teams, I kind of go in there and be like an unbiased voice mm-hmm. um, to the decision and make sure that, you know, like it's as fair as possible. Um, what else? Well, I'm one of three. So right, that was kind of one... leading into our next question is this is a lot for one person to do. Uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a team <laughs> with you this time around. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? So, yeah, so there was a team with me last year as well. Uh, that, was, that was Jason Krell and uh, Chalky. Um, but this year it's uh, with Regina and Sam. Uh, they are part of my commissioner committee. We're all equal in our say, and it's like a really good committee especially when it comes to those tough decisions you need to have like uh like a majority rule and the commissioner committee to have it you know be our official decision so we try to keep things kind of uh collaborate as much as possible in those decisions but in terms of like splitting of responsibilities uh on a day-to-day basis i would say like my main job is more for like the team relations stuff Mm -hmm. and you know keeping making sure that all the players and managers are happy um sam is more in charge of like the logistics making sure those pairings get uh put up on time making sure these results get turned in um he also makes like um activity decisions you know when i'm not there and things like that uh we um and regina kind of helps handle what we're hoping to get up is a a a regular stream and she's been working on the logistics of that she runs the twitter been like doing all these other things uh as somebody who hasn't been involved in mpa Regina has been doing a lot uh, behind the scenes that like really makes uh, the tournament run smoothly. So uh, all three of us have been working around the clock to make sure it kind of works and uh, make sure the tournament is as smooth as possible. It actually is like an around the clock thing because we have players yeah. <laughs> in like however yeah. many countries. I always think it's funny when I'm, I like go to bed at night and then I wake up and one of our matches happened at like 3 a.m. my time. I'm like, hey, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, there's, it definitely happens where there's like some issues that happen at like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, luckily, uh, Sam works the night shift, so he's awake during that time. Oh, so, perfect. So it's a, it's, it's a crazy but also like good scenario for us to have somebody around the clock mm-hmm. to deal with these issues. Um, I have to also give a special shout out to uh, Zach Jero. Uh He is our basically spreadsheet connoisseur. He <laughs> organized the entire spreadsheet, puts all that programming like into it to make it dynamic and like you know work really smoothly. It's really, really hard to like get that all accomplished. Yeah. I got to give him a special shout out. It takes out. a lot of time to do this too. Yeah, and it looks really. Trust pretty. me, I, I tried last year. It was not not. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I know you guys are like, a, I guess a new manager committee. Can you talk a little bit about like what your vision for the league is and, and how you've been implementing it so far this year? Yeah. So, uh, the vision of this league has been always to, uh, kind of make sure that these matches are, um, high quality and kind of help, 
um, both players get practice throughout the season, but also to help the new players uh, kind of learn from like the more veteran players. Uh, so we've been kind of pushing for a lot of replays and uh, more more publicity surrounding these uh, matches and making sure that people can have a chance to view them as we as we see um, as they can. Um, I've also been, as I said before, like my whole goal of MPA is to make this uh, uh, tournament uh, basically a beacon for what I believe should be like the future of our community, which should be more uh, inclusive and welcoming to like all members um, in our in our diverse like VGC community. So I've been trying to make sure that you know things like that have um been uh followed and um how do i say it <laughs> like pushed into like the right direction for all the players and managers gotcha. i think that's awesome and i think that that's definitely something that i've noticed is that it seems like it's become less exclusive overall at least over the last couple of years which is really good it seems like it's opened up a lot of teams are more willing to accept like you know newer players and you know players with different ideas and uh players with you know different identities and things like that which is which is really awesome yeah um oh, i had another question that i seem to have forgot so so um one of the things that we asked jen when we had her on to talk about irl tournaments a couple of weeks ago is uh what can players do to make your life easier because i know uh, you know you were just telling us all about what goes on behind the scene and what you and regina and sam all do but what can players do as far as like people who are participating in npa or really in online tournaments in general to make the lives of the tos easier sure uh i think the biggest rule um is follow the rules <laughs> <laughs> um, it's sad that it doesn't go without saying yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, the rules are there to be enforced, you know, especially like when teams run into like, you know, disagreements, uh, like that's the whole point of having a rule set, you know, so if they have a disagreement, we can just look back and say like, okay, this is what we all decided at, before the season started, that this is X, Y, Z is going to happen um, based on this. Uh, so it kind of helps things get set in stone and make sure that people uh, people follow like you know proper procedures and different rule sets to make sure that uh, everything goes as smooth as possible and i mean if you don't like what you see in the rules like you can always talk to one of the commissioners especially like me I, like i i always try to like accommodate and make sure that people's opinions and voices are heard uh in regards to the rules so don't feel afraid to reach out to me if you have a disagreement or think that the rules were used in an improper way uh, I guess the next thing, like, is kind of what I said before, uh, represent yourself um, as you would see uh, best uh, for both your team, the league, um, because MPA is a uh, basically a glimpse of what is the best, like, of our community. So I hope players, uh, you know, while determined is still going and doesn't even mean too much uh, I hope they still understand that um, you're represent a representation of the community as a whole so as long as you be wholesome respectful like that's like all I really could ask for um, and the last thing last thing uh, if you have a suggestion of how to improve MPA 
or have anything. We always would love that before the season starts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I get I get a lot I get a lot of things like oh it should have been done this way it should have been done that way you know right, like, that that, like that 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 is all well and good and I well, I keep those comments but you know there's so little I can do during the season right um, I can only push it on for next season I mean uh, this year is my last season actually uh, being commissioner of MPA uh, but I feel that you know for the future years when uh, the MPA 10 and above goes on. Like, I, I feel it's great to have that type of feedback, especially community feedback from the players who are involved in the tournament itself to happen before the tournament starts because yeah. that'll create a more efficient, like, you know, a That's more a structured way to go through everything. <laughs> um, so, you know, we love your comments. Uh, just, you know, tell us before it. <laughs> I think it's it's also a reasonable ask to say that we should try and make those suggestions constructive, as right, well. <laughs> and not just inflammatory, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, since you're you're planning to pass off um, being commissioner, uh, are you planning to get back into managing? Uh, I don't know yet. Honestly, like Tough I kind of want to see what it's like to be a, like a player. Oh. I mean, I've been a part of MPA for eight years. I would draft. I don't know if I'm good enough to be drafted you know, <laughs> anymore. You know, so, but you know, I would nom. Dot <laughs> 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 But you know, like um, I've given like a lot to MPA, and I, I'm glad to see it continue on. And I, I know it's going to continue. It'll be just fine when I leave. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic on like the direction it's going. And whether I'm a manager or a player or just a spectator, I'm pretty excited to see what the future mpa holds well that's awesome well on behalf of me and hopefully jake thank you for your service <laughs> of course of course. <laughs> i know it's been a tournament that we've become pretty in- increasingly involved in over the last couple of years yeah. and like jake mentioned it's something that we have a lot of fun mm-hmm. doing so thank you um for the people that are listening uh to the podcast if npa is something that you'd like to be interested in please uh, if you'd like to be interested <laughs> if you want to get involved in npa uh, hopefully you're already interested. Um, there is a Discord, which is where the tournament is being run today, and it's open to everybody. So if you want to join and come and check out the replays or, you know, talk in general or uh, make misinformed predictions, um, you know, that's definitely... Or just definitely... be a fan, you know. Just you be, a, be fan. a fan of the Baba. you know? got to be a fan of the Baba. We have the best, we have the best fan. <laughs> <laughs> Single. <laughs> I think we're the only team with a fan. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you want to get involved in NPA, uh, it's not open for signups anymore, but definitely you can look towards future years. Usually it's run about one per year, but if you do want to get, uh, make NPA part of your VGC fix, there are, I don't know, I'm not going to do eight matches times 12, uh, what is that? 96. So 96, 96 matches per week that you can watch. So there's a ton of content. If you want to look for teams or analyze play, or you have a favorite player or a favorite team that you like to follow. Uh, so there's a there's a lot going on uh, there. So definitely check that out. Um, and we'll I think usually we have links to this sort of stuff in our description. But I, Jake does all that, so I don't want to speak <laughs> for him as far as what yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll put in the, stuff description. in the description for sure. Okay, beautiful. I did, I did. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work. Um, so on top of NPA, there are a lot of other online tournaments that are happening, and especially. Um, since the the shutdown, the quote unquote shutdown of the circuit was announced, a lot of uh, new tournaments 
um, have been announced. So there's there's a couple of circuits um, that have been going on even before you know everything kind of dropped, um, and we've talked about them before on this show, and also uh, had the TO on, um, yeah. and that is the Galler friendlies that are run by VGC Stats and Zach Carlson. The wonderful Zach Carlson who does. Such a great tournament. Yeah, he does so many great things, whether it's VGC stats or the friendlies or just being a wonderful person <laughs> with a fantastic Twitter account. Yeah, and I think those, like, Galler friendlies, they hit over 100 players consistently yeah. each week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think this a... next one is postponed, right? Um, uh, yeah, he had, he had pushed it off because I think it was conflicting with some of the other tournaments that were going on. I know there's a Victory um, Road tournament this weekend, so that might be one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll use that as our segue yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> Victory Road is is uh, one of our favorite, um, I guess, resources, one of our favorite organizations and teams that does VGC stuff um, in the entirety of VGC. They've been streaming some of the European regionals. Um, they've hosted some great events like the uh, the World Champion Invitational. Yeah. They have some great resources. Their, their coverage of regional level events just on their Twitter alone with graphics it's and so teams good. and everything like that is, is like basically unmatched. You all know by now that this um, is a, a Victory Road standing stand, podcast. Yes. We stand so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they are hosting, uh, a, I, I think what, I, I don't know if there's any way to look at sign-up numbers, but what I would expect to be a big tournament this Most weekend. Most likely, yeah. Um, that's that's taking place over the weekend and notably is um is a uh, um top eight prizes a lot of the tournaments that get hosted online just tend to be like winner take all or like winner gets all and second place gets their money back but they're actually paying out prizes to um all of top eight um and there's a, an entry fee so it does kind of very closely mimic like the regional tournament structure mm-hmm. um and it can be played online um and then another big tournament, which was recently announced, which which is really cool, and I think that um, these types of tournaments, kind of like the World Champion Invitational and um, the Onog stuff that happened a couple years ago, yeah. is really awesome. But it's a, a large tournament, or hopefully large. I keep saying large. The way that it's being <laughs> pitched is that it will be large. A tournament that's going to be hosted by uh, A Drive and and Wolf. Um, so that one will be, I think, really cool. It's going to be. I would guess probably larger than than the Victory Road tournament just because yeah. you know the the yeah, level like of the content two creation. Juggernauts of Pokemon yeah, yeah. So. so it'll bring in a lot more casual players, and I think the numbers will be much higher. Um, so I think that will be really awesome, and they've committed to paying out you know prizes to more than just the winner of the tournament. Uh, there's going to be really awesome coverage of it, of course, because these are our two you know big content creators in the community. So there'll be all sorts of uh, content as a result of that and then also it'll be a great tournament to play in. Mm-hmm. I know that Zach uh, Carlson is also helping them run that um, so anything that he touches is bound to be amazing and I think I think in the tweet that A-Drive announced it with it was uh, big prizes I think was the quote from that tweet so. Yes it does say big yeah, prizes. So hopefully that'll right. be pretty fruitful. I know that'll be something I'll probably enter if I can get six viable Pokemon on my game anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what holds yeah. me back, to be honest. <laughs> but no, that should be really cool. Um, one other, I know there's a bunch of other sites running tournaments, but I know that Rose Tower has a pretty active circuit. I know we've mentioned some of their tournaments mm-hmm. before. Um, and then obviously there's stuff like Zelda challenges that happen every so often, but those don't really happen with any kind of regularity. So those are that's something we got to kind of follow as they pop up. Mm-hmm. And those are winner take yeah. all. 
and uh, you know you're welcome to run your tournament the way you want but i know that there was a lot of moaning and groaning <laughs> yeah. on twitter about how the, the winner take all tournaments like aren't worth the entry and this that and the other thing but i don't know I, I don't personally have a problem with it if you know what you're getting yourself into it's not like you were expecting a top eight prize and then you didn't but anyway that's besides the point those tournaments have been going on for a bunch of years and um i think there's definitely a possibility you know i'm just kind of projecting here that because we don't have any sort of you know like big international tournaments coming up and um I don't want to be a downer, but I would say that an AIC is definitely in doubt, if not yeah. likely to be canceled at this point. Um, that, you know, it's certainly possible that Sam will choose to run those more frequently yeah. or in place of an AIC and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, as far as, like, other resources go, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about as far as places to get information, um, places that can keep you occupied during this boring time in our lives. Uh, one of those is a place that is a pretty good collection of like info and links and discussion. And that is the subreddit r slash VGC, which Ryan also happens to be very involved with. So if you want to talk about that real wow. quick, Ryan. <laughs> what a great oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I wonder why I was invited to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <Not for. laughs> um, so RVGC is definitely a great resource, especially if you're in UTVGC. Um, it has a lot of members. I don't even know what the count of the members is right now. There's got to be. Let me pull it up. Well, it has a lot of members. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's a great resource if you want to, you know, ask for team advice, you know, kind of like take a look at the metagame and things like that. Um, and it's cons consistently growing every day. So um, there's a lot of members. There's a lot of teams. Some are you know, good. Some are, you know, still, still <laughs> fresh. Um, but you know, everybody got to start. Got to got to start somewhere. Right. You know, my first team. My first team was a Charizard, Jolteon, and a Milotic, and like a Sceptile. That was, that was my that was my four. <laughs> um, so you know, everybody's got to start somewhere, and um, definitely RVGC is a great resource uh, for both new players as well as. A good place for like old players to like look at different um, perspectives um, of of the format. You know, a fresh perspective. It can also have, be a great place for uh, discussion of like random things, such as we have a post right now pinned that is about the cancellation of all the events. So if you want to mm -hmm. moan and groan somewhere else, you can always moan and groan in our VGC subreddit. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's encouraged, and you heard it from the mod there we here, go. so anybody, uh, if anybody's mad about it. You heard it from two mods here. Jake, do you also endorse moaning and groaning on the VGC? I mean, if Ryan does, I'm not going to go against it. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, there are just shy of 17,000 members on that subreddit, which is pretty incredible, yeah. honestly. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that big. I still remember when it was like maybe like 500, yeah. 600. Yeah, it really yeah. wasn't too long ago yeah. either in the grand scheme. It's mm -hmm. only a matter of time before we get subreddit of the day. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. It might d even grow even more than that. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely a really good resource. I think that that is probably uh, a good place to get, you know, kind of like the most diverse content yeah. is you can, you know, have like metagame discussions and see tournaments, team reports, uh, rate my teams. Um if you're really dedicated to using like one specific Pokemon, if you can type it into the search bar and I'm sure that somebody's had <laughs> some idea. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's cool to look for stuff like that. 
and uh, of course a lot of the information that is you know coming out about our our live circuit will definitely uh, be posted yeah, in there for as sure. well. For other information about the live circuit, there are a couple of Twitter accounts we would probably recommend following. Uh, the main one being just at Play Pokemon. That's like the official Twitter account uh, for the circuit. They're the ones who uh, provide updates whenever events are canceled, and I imagine they will post something, you know, if further events are canceled or if they're confirmed to still be happening later on down the line. I believe like May fifteenth is the current cutoff date for tournaments. So everything up until then, I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Is currently canceled, and there'll be no CP given out until then. I imagine when that draws nearer, they will either confirm that you know we're going back on, or we will be holding off a bit further. Any further than that, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Brendan, we kind of get into NAIC territory, which would be yeah, that's kind of the uncharted zone. Yeah. If, it, if it goes like literally any further than that right. <laughs> I don't know about literally because I guess you could theoretically make a smaller amount of time but if it has to be extended past yeah. that you have to think that unfortunately uh, NAIC might not be in the cards for this year um, and then I think uh, that was everything else we wanted to touch on and finally uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys that are, you know if you've made it to our podcast have a pretty good familiarity with a lot of the video content that's mm -hmm. out there um, but there are a bunch of YouTubers and streamers and the number of people that are doing it seems to be increasing, which is really exciting for us at this time. Um, so our community does, of course, have, you know, some of the blue bloods that have been doing it for a really long time, like uh, Aaron Zhang. Uh, James Beck, I think, has been doing uh, YouTube content for quite mm -hmm. a while now. Of course, uh, Wolf, who is kind of like our poster boy at this <laughs> point and does a really good job as an ambassador for the community um, has been making a lot of uh, YouTube content and recently has started doing it full-time which is really exciting um, and also does I think somewhat regular streams yeah. and uh, as far as big content creators we also are kind of recently um, lucky enough to have uh, a drive kind of step in uh, to our community after he was usually doing like shiny hunting and let's plays and stuff like that he's kind of taken on a, a competitive uh, drive as well so has been attending live tournaments and uh, has been creating content that has to do with VGC. Yeah. So there's some other you know stronger players that we know that have also stepped into the... Yeah I think it's it's awesome that yeah. all these strong players just like got capture right. cards with the change to the Switch. Yeah, yeah so like Jamie Boyd's been doing YouTube stuff for a long time and he's recently gotten back into it um, Colin Heyer mm -hmm. and uh, Edu Eduardo Cunha have also started streaming pretty regularly I think both of them stream almost every day if not every day during the week so that's pretty cool i know colin's been yeah. super excited about it recently players. oh yeah for sure yeah um there might be some liberty garden content coming down the pipeline we're all familiar with them um everyone's favorite vgc mother jen badamo's uh like streaming <laughs> group mm -hmm. um, and i'm sure there's more that we're forgetting off the top of our heads now too um yeah i think it's just great that um well i think the fact that the game is on the switch mm -hmm. now makes it so much easier to stream. And I think there's a lot going to be a lot more uh, VGC content available just because of that accessibility standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And For sure. If you're an yeah. aspiring streamer, I highly recommend Now is the, the time when yeah. everyone's you get cooped up it. indoors. they got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. And if you're just an avid, avid consumer of content, now is kind of like the golden age of VGC content. Yeah. Um, so there's just like there's like multiple videos. I remember like a couple years ago, it used to be like you know you wait for Road to Rant, yeah. and then 
you know, maybe somebody else would have a video out at some point, but now there's like multiple, there's people to watch all the time. Um, like if you're just looking for live streams, there's videos, multiple videos that come out every single day and sometimes multiple times a day. Um, so just to like a really good time to be consuming content as a VGC yep. player. For sure. Um, I'm trying to think if I, I thought, I thought I was thinking of, oh, oh, and the, the one other thing is, uh, believe it or not, there are other VGC podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah. I know that I know this is your favorite and that's totally fine. Um, but there are a couple other VGC podcasts. I know that's, you know, kind of an easier medium to consume. Uh, like if you're in the car, although I guess most people aren't in the car anymore. <laughs> I haven't driven kind of since this past week. That's weird. Yeah, there you go in the shower. Yeah. Um, when you can't, whatever your situation where you can't consume visual <laughs> content, um, uh, the one that the the longest standing uh, podcast is uh, called the yeah. Hyper Voice, and that's run by Alex Underhill and uh, Stephen Morioka. And I know I was listening to that um, every once in a while. I'll pick up an episode, and they have like all sorts of different mm -hmm. guests, and they they do it regularly, and they've been doing it for a long time. So that's yeah, they're the the OG VGC podcast for sure. They do a great job, right? Right, and. Um... I don't know if the Clanging Scales has any episodes out recently. They're pretty sporadic. Um, but they, yeah, they right. th like they're entertaining when they do put the episodes out. So definitely, you know, look that one up. And then, uh, oh man, is there is there one? Nope, there's no more. That's it. That's it. There are no. Is the Palpite still a thing? <laughs> I don't I think know. They make one like like once a yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> the one that we were that we were like jokingly forgetting about is of course the Cablecast, which is run by our friend. Caleb Breyer, who is also on the more sporadic end, but I think slightly more consistent than some of the other ones, but he does good stuff too. Love Caleb. Definitely. Well, this is definitely my favorite. So, you know. We got the uh, Tan stamp of approval, everyone. I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> Ryan Tan endorses Soundproof for president. We're running for president? I, did, I didn't tell I you? I don't want that for mm. us, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they turned in the paperwork? So it's kind of hard to back okay, out now. Well, if it's legally binding, <laughs> then I'll have to do. But just know that I'm not happy about it. <laughs> All right, I think All right, we have well, reached. We're gonna segue yeah. into Jake's segment. No, I think here, so I'll let before that, we're away. gonna have Ryan come up with his question for us. It's so like every oh, every time yes. we have a guest, we like to have oh, yeah. them ask us a question, whether it be about Pokemon or other video games or the nutritional value of a candle as our very first guest, Aaron Trailer, brought up. So he, he set the bar pretty high. I, I believe in you. He did. I believe I know, you can break it, but this is your time, Ryan. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> this, is, this is pretty hard. The nutritional um, value of two candles doesn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'll have one. Uh, uh, it is, what is your most interesting uh, life hack you've seen about the whole quarantine situation? Ooh. Um, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not really a life hack, but I have been not directly exposed to the virus, but very much exposed to a lot of the preparation that is around the virus. I, I work in multiple nursing homes, so I work with like the most at-risk population, and basically like all of the 
like the biggest recommendation that's coming down is because this is something that's like usually passed by touch and it you know survives on surfaces for a really long time is you can do yourself a big favor by just washing your hands a lot and washing your hands thoroughly that's like one of the number one recommendations um, obviously like the social distancing is like another big one too because if you can't come into contact with people obviously the chances of getting it are lower but just wash your hands I know that's not like <laughs> a life hack for like surviving extended periods of time alone but if you still are going out into the community or even if you know you have people coming in and out of your apartment and you want to try and you know minimize your risk of contraction or becoming a carrier just wash your hands like all the time I love that it took a pandemic for the community as a whole to be recommending <laughs> hand washing like is this what yeah. it's come to <laughs> yeah. I don't really I, I've been spending most of my time at home alone since this has all started especially in the last like week or so so I don't really have a great like life hack <laughs> but um, I think the biggest thing that I personally have been recommending to people is just making your contact with well like coming into contact with as few people as possible and whether that's like physically like literally obviously but also just in general like I'm I'm trying to avoid going to places where I know a lot of people have been or I know where a lot of people mm -hmm. will be just because I know that even though I'm personally in a pretty low risk group, even if I do contract it, like I don't want to be spreading it to people that may not be able to fight it off as well as people in, in my demographic or I like spreading it in general. Like I don't, I don't want to contract it. Like if I do, I'm not going to freak out about it, but I obviously, obviously don't want to be sick. Who wants to be sick? Um, so like I think limiting social right. interaction as unfortunate as it is to like not see people and hang out with people. It's, it's helpful. Right. And I think one thing that I've been doing uh, to combat the, like not seeing people part of it is just talking to people online. Like a, a couple nights ago, I was playing like Jackbox games with a bunch of friends on discord and like, Oh yeah, that's been fun. I've done that. A yeah. So that's a really good way to still like interact with people and get that social yet. interaction without actually coming into physical presences with them. And I, I just want to change gears. Hopefully this is a little more along the line. I mean, it's still anyway, <laughs> I've recently found out, I know that, like, you know, people aren't going to the grocery store as much, and as far as, like, things that you can cook and, and, and feed yourself with, you know, things that might be typically laying around your apartment, I recently found out that, like, when you're cooking ramen, you could just, like, crack an egg in that bad boy, and then just oh, let the I... egg cook in the ramen, and that has, like, changed my life. <laughs> that is an elementary school life hack that has been with me since... At least you That's amazing. I didn't know that, that was a thing. I just like, I just like read it on. I don't know. It was some like random ask Reddit where somebody was like, "Oh yeah, I just like crack an egg into my ramen." And I was like, "Oh my god, you <laughs> can do that!" <laughs> do you have one, Ryan? Anything you've my discovered or read? Yeah. Um. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> I don't really know. Oh, okay. Well, oh, crack an well, egg into your ramen. I, 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 I highly recommend. I I bought. Uh, my dad gave me this thing from the mail. It's literally, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like a lazy glasses. It is a glasses that um, basically you can see 90 degrees while laying down. So you can watch TV while being oh. <laughs> It's, so it's changed like a, my that's life. Awesome. What is that called? Uh, a so, is that called a periscope? <laughs> yeah. is that, no, is that what that thing, isn't that what it's called? It's basically a like a periscope in, 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 okay. in glasses format. That's amazing. It, it is an unbelievable. That's really cool. <laughs> I highly recommend. Uh, I'll post the link on the Twitter to like you know this like um, this a uh, podcast link so everybody can like there we go. Own. But that's my <laughs> life promo hack. by Ryan Tan. <laughs> Is this are you sponsored? <laughs> are you sponsored by this company? <laughs> Hashtag. <That's 
<laughs> if you're hashtag, ad, hashtag that ad. Cut there we go. <laughs> that should have been in the, that been in the ah, contract shoot. that you signed. So if you're making any money off Next this, uh, we'll be expecting our <laughs> check in the mail. <laughs> All right. Well, now that brings us to the segment Brendan was alluding to, my favorite one, the music segment. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, mm-hmm. not even this week, like today specifically, I've been playing Greedy by Ariana Grande on repeat. Just It was just this random song that got stuck in my head and I can't get it out. Uh, mm-hmm. But more generally, we one stay. of my favorite bands, uh, Joywave, put out a new album last week, I think last Friday, called Possession. And that's really good. I've been playing that a lot. I, it's a really good album to like listen all the way through, uh, just because like, the way it flows, I think, is really cool. I was supposed to see them on May 2nd, I think, but they postponed their tour to September. So hopefully by then, everything's all cleared up so we can go to that concert. But yeah, Possession by Joywave is mine. Um, before I talk about what I have have been listening to this weekend, I just want to talk about things that we shouldn't be <laughs> listening to this week, um, and that is because we regrettably had to cancel Vanessa Hudgens, oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you have the thought of going back to listen to any of uh, Vanessa Hudgens' high school musical music, you can't, you're not allowed gotta to Gotta go my own way? That's, that's yeah, wall. you do, girl. <laughs> All right, I, gotta, I gotta change my recommendation Oh, no. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, you got a minute. Uh, but the thing that I am going to recommend is I've been like throwing it back more than listening to new stuff lately. And one of my favorite bands um, is uh, Jimmy oh. Worlds. And I think everybody is familiar with the song yeah. in the middle, but um, that entire album, Bleed American, is like one of my favorite albums of all time. And even the album that immediately followed that, which is called Futures, those are like two of my favorite albums. That was like a big, big high school band for me. Um, so highly recommend listening to those albums in their entirety and not just adding the middle to your iPod <laughs> mini or whatever it was that people we still use at those times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my turn? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess for this trying time, uh, I highly recommend Frank Ocean's cover of Strawberry School. It is mm. really good. It, 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 I, I don't know, it, it speaks to me on multiple levels, and it is very, like, fitting when you think the world is about to end, you know, at least you enjoyed the good times mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you want to be something a little more uplifting, I'm sorry, I have two, basically, I, I couldn't decide. Uh, but <laughs> oh, please. Uh, if you want to have something more uplifting, a little bit more, like, happier, uh, I would highly recommend Carol Carol Bonito's Trampoline. Ooh. I think I know them. I don't know if I know that song, but I know that mm-hmm. name. I'm not familiar with that, actually, so I'll look that up. Yeah, you should look it up. It's pretty fun songs <laughs> right there. I do look up a lot of the music that people recommend on this show, and I think I will continue to yeah. do that. So it's good, good, good. Um, so that's going to do it uh, for us from our second part of the show here. So, again, big thank you to Ryan for coming on. Um uh, we'll definitely be in touch with your agent if we need you <laughs> on again sometime. So, uh, mm-hmm. so, so thanks for coming on. And, and just remember that if anybody asks, specifically if Caleb asks, uh, this is your favorite PGC <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah, totally. Also, I was totally surprised that I was called on to this VGC uh, Soundproof podcast for MPA and not the Hale uh, focus <laughs> episode. I oh, totally my gosh. I didn't even we'll, get you, we'll get you and Oliver on together when we do our Hale episode. How about that? Okay, okay. I'm going to be hosting that episode alone. There we go. (laughs) Uh, So so thanks again for joining us. Uh, Jake and I are going to take a short break, and we will be right back. Uh, So don't go anywhere.
thanks so much for sticking with us. We're back with just a, a quick quick outro here, as Jake was just telling me. Um, we're going to make sure that we have all these links available to you now that Jake has given me permission to say this. Um, <laughs> we've we kind of outlined a lot of content that is kind of available online, and so we'll make sure to provide um, that aforementioned content in the links so that you don't have to go searching for it just because we've talked about it. Yeah, pretty much everything we talked about today I'll make sure is linked, um, just so it's easier for y'all. Um, that'll all be in the description on whichever platform you are listening to Soundproof on. As always, follow our Twitters, uh, SoundproofVGC, MrBDog46VGC, mm-hmm. MajorBowman underscore. Not Soundproof, I said SoundproofVGC, oh my god. SoundproofCast. Why did I say that? Cast, yeah. Oh god, SoundproofCast, MrBDog46VGC, and MajorBowman underscore. Thanks for remembering my VGC. <laughs> I did this time. We talked about this last time. Um, And then, as always, make sure you're all staying safe and healthy. Uh, Don't do anything that I wouldn't do. I basically outlined the things that I wouldn't wouldn't do a little bit earlier on. (laughs) Make sure you're doing diligent hand washing. Make sure you're socially isolating yourself, social distancing yourself. Social isolation is is a little extreme. Let's say social distancing. (laughs) There we go. Um, But, yeah, just make sure you're staying safe and and smart out there Um, because we we definitely don't want our listener numbers to take it. So (laughs) um, until two weeks from now, and you know things could even be different at that time again safe and healthy and hopefully we'll see you guys in two weeks